Hello and welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, June 13th, 2014. I'm Jonathan Stark. I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere using open web standards like HTML, CSS, JavaScript, REST, and JSON. This week, we talk about three connected gadgets, the Haiku barcode scanner, the narrative clip, and the Pebble smartwatch. Which ones are developer friendly and which ones aren't? Please stay tuned. The Niche Podcast is next. Hello. Are you there? What? <laughs> you start on the other side of the room. Yeah, uh, I was tangled up in a mess of wires. <laughs> Did not realize this until I went to move. Were they blue? The the wires? Yeah, tangled up in blue. Tangled up in blue? No, they're they're black. <laughs> well, we have a title already. <laughs> tangled up in black. <laughs> Excellent. All right, we're good. What's going on besides the uh, spaghetti, the wire spaghetti? Uh, not a whole lot of anything. Um, uh, well, I'm working on a little project with her uh, for a friend this morning. But oh yeah, yeah. Fun. Yes, yeah, so we're gonna have a late night tonight, right? Yeah. Yeah, and of course the the one day we plan to actually have a late late night working on th- a late night a late night working on things. <laughs> I decided decided yesterday that I would go to bed a little bit early and, and get a good night's sleep. Yeah, and I went to bed a little bit early, meaning midnight, and <laughs> I woke up at five thirty in the morning. I could not get back to sleep. So hey. I'm gonna have to catch a nap between now and and, and tonight. All right, that stinks. We gotta automate that this Wednesday night push. Uh, I'm afraid to. Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather do it. Yeah. Well, I'm not so much afraid to. It just I don't know, it feels like one of those things I want to do. Right. Yeah. So it's that is the the general uh, general uh, not best practice. What a conventional wisdom is to not automate the push to production. Yeah. Well. And we have other things to do tonight, too. So. Yes, that's true. Disk space issues to deal with. But the dear listener doesn't care about all of our problems. At least not those problems. <laughs> um, so, yeah. We are recording during the day. So this is going to be one of those day episodes, I can tell already. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't have the feel of one of the more mellow, right? Slightly inebriated nighttime episodes. Yeah, it's always like a little more, a little more spazzy. Uh, and we have a ton of stuff this week, so I and suppose you have a head cold. And do I? I guess I no. So, you know you what sound it is? Like you do. No, it's out. The allergies are ridiculous. Oh yeah, it might have been horrible. Oh my god! Like, I've always had a little bit of like uh, hay fever, mm-hmm. and. Uh, like in the late nineties, there was one particular year where I actually had to go to the doctor. Cause I was like, I couldn't sleep for days. It was horrible. And uh, we were approaching those levels. Yeah, I can, I can relate. Yeah. <clears throat> bad down there. Yeah. Mine are, mine are bad to begin with, but this year they're horrible. Like they're yeah. way worse than they normally are. Yeah. Yeah. It's they're crazy. so bad that I've, I've been walking around the house going like looking at the pets, like I'm giving you away. I'm giving you away. <laughs> I'm giving you away. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And I also have, uh, I also went to the dentist yesterday and got not one, but two cavities filled. Oh, fun. It's like getting older is awesome. <laughs> cavities, really? The doc, Even the dentist was like, you eat like a lot of candy or something? I was like, no. He's <laughs> like, I can't figure out why you get a cavity here. I'm like, well, whatever. It was like on the front of one of my teeth. How? How? I don't know. He didn't know yeah. either. It doesn't make any sense. I was like, could it be from coffee or like wine or something? He's like, no. So who knows? I have bad teeth. But they look great now. <laughs> <laughs> they don't feel good though. And so, like two people are basically, they're basically mountain climbing across your mouth. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like putting carabiners in and <laughs> sort of feels like. Anchors. Yeah. Yeah. Like that drill, like, like the drill is bad enough going into like a molar, but imagine it right on the front of your front tooth, uh, like yeah. your two front teeth. It was like the yeah. left, my left one. Yeah. What, um, what's the worst I think is the smell. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You smell that like burning enamel smell. Yeah. Burning decay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Burning tooth decay. Wow, we've got two titles. <laughs> we do. Let's talk about. Yeah. Let's talk about episode. housekeeping. Yeah. Okay. A uh, couple of things to update people from. I think it's. I, I guess it was last week. It seems longer ago, but um, maybe we recorded early. Because we recorded early. Did we? Yeah. Uh, so last week I mentioned the Ionic framework, and a lot of people had been talking about Angular with Ionic. And I was kind of like, it was not clear to me exactly even what Ionic did or like what the difference was. Mm-hmm. So I looked into it a little bit more. It's kind of interesting. It's like a, it's, it's like a layer on top of uh, Cordova, aka PhoneGap, that uh, like allows you to kind of like create sort of easily create scaffolding and stuff for an angular based phone gap project mm. so it's kind of interesting yeah if you're into that kind of thing it could be useful yeah yeah i don't know it's 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 pretty cool it's very sexy um not really knocking it i just it's like if you know how to use phone gap i don't really see what the point is but if you don't maybe it's some nice uh nice bonus points but it, it's almost like like from what I looked at real quickly, it almost looks like they just mapped all of the PhoneGap command line interface calls to Ionic instead of PhoneGap. Like it's just a wrapper for. Yeah, it kind of looks like that, but it's it's probably optimized for Angular specifically, and mm-hmm. PhoneGap doesn't really uh, it doesn't really do um, doesn't do it does it do scaffolding. Well, it'll make like a base project directory for you, but it doesn't put any files in it really. Yeah. So I suppose I suppose there's I mean there's definitely utility there no doubt about it but uh, so if you are not really familiar with PhoneGap and you do like Angular uh, you might want to check it out it's pretty cool the the people who behind it seem pretty slick um, but that was all I just wanted to let people know what the Ionic framework was and what it had to do with Angular uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that. Remember the uh, air conditioning deal we talked about last week? Yep. The smart air conditioner? Yep. Uh, that was That's a New York City only thing. We are not cool enough. Yeah. Well, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're too cool. 
Yeah, yeah, we're already cool enough, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, and the air conditioner is called Eros. I think I called it Aero or Aeron or something last week, which is a chair. <laughs> but A-R-O-S on Quirky. It's pretty cool, but uh, you pointed out that it's not a very high-powered air conditioner. So maybe No, it's, it's, it's tiny. Which, yeah. You know, if you live in New York, that's probably fine, because if you're in New York, you can probably only afford a matchbox apartment anyway. So. All right, exactly. So on uh, going around Twitter, there was a um, link to a Craigslist posting. Someone, mm-hmm. someone in San Francisco was renting out their walk-in closet <laughs> with a like a cot in it uh, for over a thousand dollars a month. That's insane, right? And it was off the master bedroom, so the only access to your room, he said with air quotes. Uh, was through somebody else's bedroom. It's creepy. Yeah, and there were like already five people living in the apartment, in like a, a three-bedroom apartment, and they were going to stick a fifth. Wait, there are sixth in, in the walk-in closet. for It was, I think it was, I almost want to say it was like solidly in the like $1,500 a month range. It's insane. Yeah. So it would be will... perfect for them, except for they don't have a window in there. <laughs> yeah. To put it in. Yeah, I, you know, that's funny because I will admit when we first moved into this house, I had at one point thought about, well, this walk-in closet is pretty big. I could turn it into a small office. <laughs> yeah. But then then I was like, well, there's no there's no vents here for the for the central air and there's no window. So. Mm-hmm. And probably no plugs. That's a good point. There's not. Yeah. Yeah, there is a there's a hot water heater. In the closet? Yeah. Okay. So you're all set. It is going to be one of those day shows, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Um, okay. So moving right along. Um, we, our inbox is just teeming with input from the dear listener this week. Our inbox teams easily. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the the first week we've gotten more than one um, piece of in, you know feedback from the like, except for you know except for people telling us the sound is horrible. Like in the early episodes, <laughs> we get tons of people telling us how bad the sound was. Yeah, yeah, it's like we know, and, and yeah. it's all John's fault. <laughs> right, right. Um, but but um, no, these are actual. This is actually comments on. The feature content. So, Ooh, I don't so, think you sent any of those to me. I, I, I usually, well, one of them was a tweet. So, you probably, yeah, didn't I saw see the that. tweet. Oh, okay. And, and the other one, I, I responded to the guy. I thought I, I normally CC you on that, but maybe yeah, you might have. I, I did. I did. You just, you just missed it. That's all. So, um, so Coleman McFarland, a name we've mentioned before, I believe, uh, send us in an email about, um, our talk on Angular last week, and it's a fairly long email. It would make a nice blog post. Uh, I don't really want to. I, I, I kind of am tempted to go through it and, and say like give thoughts on each thing, but it's mm-hmm. it feels weird because then he wouldn't be able to respond. It'd be nicer to like interview him or something. But if yeah. if he want if he's listening, Coleman, you might want to uh, blog it, and we can link to it in the show notes. But I'll pull out a couple of points that he brought up. Uh, uh, the subject line was, you forgot one thing about Angular and, and he writes dependency injection and imports a module system, which is weird because that sounds like three things, (laughs) not one thing. (laughs) 
but uh and he goes on to kind of kind of uh, he sort of goes through and says uh well i think he actually summarizes his own point um yeah, so he says, uh, but really all of this JavaScript madness is part of the epic struggle to bring modern language features to the web. And and I see his point. He's like trying yeah. to get a class system and and input imports and but the I think the bigger thing is why do you want to do all that on the front end? Like the back end can do all that stuff. You can do all that stuff all day long in the back end. And the, the question with all these frameworks, like I get that the frameworks make it possible to do that on the front end. My question is, should we be doing it on the front end or, or, or I guess it's should, I hate when I say should the, the, another way to put it is I don't do that stuff on the front end. So I don't care about frameworks like that or I haven't yet anyway. So and, yeah. <clears throat> and do yeah. you, and I mean like coffee script, I can't remember, is it coffee script does CoffeeScript have includes or is that something that CodeKit does? Because I know CodeKit Coffee does Script. It. Well, CoffeeScript does have includes, but the what I was I believe what you're talking about, we were using what we're using was a CodeKit specific thing. Yeah, I think so too. But I normally just if I'm doing a if I'm doing a coffee stuff in CoffeeScript, I'm either doing it in Rails, in which case like the Rails Asset management handles it, or I'm doing it outside of Rails, and I just have everything in a grunt file. So, mm. cool. Um, so I uh, thank you for the email, Coleman. It's a really good email, really well thought out. I hope he does post it as a blog post, and we'll link to it. Um, but yeah, it boils down to like, you know, dealing with massive complexity in a front end, you know, a big JavaScript application, mm-hmm. and that for, without frameworks, it's really really hard, which I'm sure is yeah, true. It, it it is it, it it frustrates me how chaotic large JavaScript applications or even medium sized JavaScript applications can become. It right. feels like you can't organize it as cleanly as you can on the back end. Oh yeah, no, so no I, argument yeah, there. So I can I can definitely see see merit to to trying to you know <laughs> do something about that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, cool. And so the other. Uh, the other item in our inbox is from Chris Bosco uh, at CB Sides on Twitter. And he writes, actually, it's a two-parter um, that is informing us that we shouldn't compare Angular and Ember apples to apples, and I, which I guess we did. We sort of, we certainly, I certainly lumped them together. I see them as very similar. Yeah, I think it may have came across that way. Yeah, I'm sure. I didn't really intend to because I know they have different purposes, but in the general sense that they're both front-end frameworks for JavaScript, I yeah. <laughs> right. I feel like, the, I, feel, I don't know, would you learn both? I feel like you'd learn one and just kind of make it work for whatever you were going to do. I don't know. But, uh, well, he's saying no. He's saying I'm wrong about that. And he's saying that Ember is for single-page apps, at least today, and that mm-hmm. Angular can do simpler tasks like forms and stuff with standalone micro apps. Um, like Ember, Ember has, he says, an awesome router, for example, which I don't recall ever hearing about in Angular. I don't, I don't know if Angular has a router. I don't know. I mean, I'll qualify all of this by saying I have no experience with either of them beyond like taking a, a brief glance at them because I don't typically build those types of applications. Right. So... Yeah, interesting. Well, I definitely appreciate the feedback, and we are um, 
we don't really know what we're talking about, but yet we're talking. Hasn't <laughs> <laughs> stopped us yet. Yeah, and it I, seems to <laughs> seem to generate input, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> People telling us where we're wrong, <laughs> um, which is fine. <laughs> so thanks to Chris for that. Um, okay, on to some stuff that we do know what we're talking about. Yes. We have a bug report. We do. It's a very strange bug. Mm. Yes, but at least it's JavaScript related. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it sounded frustrating. You want to uh, do you want to rate it on key- the keyboard smashing level? <laughs> rate it on the keyboard smashing level? Yeah, how many keys? Um, how many lost keys? And, what, what is it, like 101 keys? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know how many keys are on a Mac keyboard. I'd have to count. Yeah. Um, that would make for a scintillating show. Yeah. One, <laughs> two, three. Yeah. Maybe this it's is, like 103. That's good stuff. Yeah. Maybe 105. I don't know. Just pulling numbers. Yet another thing we don't know. Now. Right. Um, I, I would rate it about, uh, given the amount of time I spent working on it, I would rate it about around a 53 key smashing bug. Wow. That's so, yeah. it's, it's reasonable. Yeah. All right. You want to uh, give us a feel for it? <laughs> yeah. No, no I'm, I'm not going to talk about it any. <laughs> just that it, just it sucked know, and then I fixed it. And just know on. that it's out there. There's a bug <laughs> um, out there, people. <laughs> Good luck finding it. <laughs> uh, in, in, in the older, okay, this story starts a long, long time ago in an older version of jQuery. <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> Oh my god, this show's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, let's power through. Ready? Yes. <laughs> In older versions of jQuery, the data method for, you know, like like object.data id or yes. whatever, mm-hmm. uh, was read only. So you could use you could use the data function to read a data attribute, but you couldn't set it using the data function. Right. HTML arbitrary data elements. Yes. HTML5. Yep. Yes. HTML5 data attributes. So data was read-only, and you could you could read it, but you couldn't set it. If you wanted to set a data attribute with jQuery, what you had to do was you had to use the um, the attribute function, you know, like object.adder, and then you, and then in quotes you do data dash, id or or whatever, and then you'd have the value. Right. So you'd explicitly be editing an attribute just like any other. Right. <clears throat> gotcha. And that was how you used to have to do it. Mm-hmm. And is that and the way your code was set up, like for this? That was yeah. I had I had done that so much in the past with older versions of jQuery. Mm-hmm. That when I started on this current project, I kind of just unthinkingly defaulted to that method. Right. Because you know it works. Yes. <laughs> Until it doesn't. <laughs> right. And in jQuery, in the new version of jQuery, in 2.0, uh, data attribute, uh, you can both read or you can both read and write data attributes. With the data function. With, with the data function. Mm-hmm. And you can still set them with the attribute function. Yes. Problem gotcha. is, you can't update them with the attribute function. That so, that is weird. And now, is it that, is it that, if you set them with the attribute function, and 
and then update them with the attribute function and then if could you read them with the attribute function or is it is it just a mismatch between using one to write and, and the other one to read you know i didn't try reading it with the attribute function yeah i wonder if that's i wonder if they're just stored in two separate places now yeah i don't Maybe. know because what would happen is i would set it with the attribute function mhm mm and then i would try and and i you know i could read it well when i set it with the attribute function i could read it with the data function no problem mhm mm but then when i would update it using the attribute function uh the dom would update inspector would show that the value had changed mhm mm um but the data function was still returning the old the original value oh wow that's okay yeah, that's really, it's really weird it's really weird it's really weird cuz i mean i could see the dom changing right and the data 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 function would return the original value. Mm -hmm. So, hmm. uh, so you can apparently you can set it with either the attribute function or the data function, either one. But you can only update it with with the data function. Interesting. Interesting. It was, it was I'm, really weird. Yeah, and I'm I'm scrolling through the jQuery site just to see if there's a giant backwards compatibility broken disclaimer, but I don't see anything. So maybe I, we'll I was able listeners. to reproduce it three or four different times throughout that script. Yeah. You would think if you can see it in the Dom, then you should be able to yeah. grab it any old way. Yeah. It was, it was very strange. <clears throat> Interesting. Well, that's a good one. Easy fix, but it's just, yeah, a, easy, easy fix. But one of those, you know, why isn't this working? <laughs> hour and a half later. Yeah. 53 keys I later. I can see it changing. Yeah. 53 keys later. <laughs> Awesome. Well, like, where is that value coming from? What am I not updating? Right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear this one because I I occasionally will use that, so I'm sure that would seem the sort of thing, but it have bitten me in the in the future. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that's the strangest one I've encountered in a long time. Love those. <laughs> All right. Cool. Let's move on to our feature content. Okay. Shall we? Yeah. You got new toys. Yeah, it's Gadget Week on the Niche yeah. Podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited and jealous. Did you get your NFC ring yet? I have not got it in the mail yet. It is shipped, but I have not got it yet. Oh, that'll be cool. I'm, I'm wanting one of those, but didn't order one. <clears throat> so we got um, three three things. Three things? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, a, a Haiku barcode scanner. Uh, I want one of those now. Oh, my God. Like, if... if just telling you right now, dear listener, if you're on my Christmas list and you have an iPhone, you're getting one of these things for Christmas from me. Oh, they don't have an Android app? No, that's the bump. Uh, and I, and they, they're working on it, they say, but they don't have it yet. I'll wait till the Android app comes out before I get one, though. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> and I got a new Pebble because my Kickstarter Pebble was not connecting nicely uh, on Android. It just kept dropping the thing, dropping the uh, connection, and the app wasn't working yeah. right. and. Uh, so I, I niched about it on Twitter <laughs> and, uh, they sent me a new one, which was nice. Nice of them. Very nice. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they wouldn't let me get a different color, unfortunately. <laughs> so I'm still stuck with the white, but, uh, but yeah, so they sent me a new one. Um, to be honest, I haven't tried it with my Android phone yet because I've been, uh, I've been like totally grooving on, um, the new Pebble 2.0 SDK. I just haven't even, I haven't, I've been using the iPhone and the Pebble as like a sort of little development environment. So I haven't, mm -hmm. haven't moved it over, but, um, 
uh, <clears throat> I think I talked about last week making kilo, or did I talk about uh, that last week? I don't know if it was last week or, the, or some, at some point you mentioned kilo for the pebble. Yeah, so I uh, I actually built a watch face for it that um, that shows you the information that I used. To, I've talked about it in the past where I set up a little a teeny weeny little JSON feed um, yeah. that you could pull with an uh, an app that I didn't build for Pebble called uh, Pebble Cards. You had this one arbitrary card where you could just put in uh, this one card where you could put in arbitrary um, URLs, and if the URL returned JSON in the right structure, it would take that JSON and just plaster it on the screen. Right. So that was cool, but um, uh, it had a bunch of other things in there that I didn't use, like stock tickers and blah, blah, blah. All that garbage. Yeah. All that garbage. And it's an app, not a watch face. So I wanted a watch face so that, um, you know, it's right on the, the, you could just leave it on all the time. Right. And you didn't have to, like, switch back and forth or open up an app or anything. Um, so so that's, I'll talk a little bit more about that new Pebble. Uh, and I also got the narr- my narrative clip, which was another Kickstarter thing I backed. Uh, and that used I to- forgot what that was until just now, and I, I just now remember. Yeah, well, originally it was called Momoto. Yeah. Which I kind of like, I think as a name, I think that worked better. But um, And it is, oh, I'm wearing it. Um, <clears throat> it's, uh, mine's orange. They have white, dark mm-hmm. gray, and orange. I should have gotten a dark gray one. I always get the wrong color. It's like, if you can't see them in <laughs> you person. Do, don't you? Well, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with me. It's like... <laughs> you always just go with gray or black. Right. Cause, well, so here's the thing. The narrative clip, and I'll tell you what it does. It's it's about the size of a... Jeez, I don't know. It's smaller than a... It's about an inch square, a little bit, inch and a half square. It's like that tiny, I, ti- like that tiny iPod we always... Yes, it is yeah. similar in size. It's a little thicker, but yeah. And it's it's just got a little like webcam camera hole... And a clip on the back. And like mm-hmm. a micro USB charger and some LEDs on the edge. And what it does is every 30 seconds, it just takes a picture of whatever it's pointing at. And, uh, you know, you wear it and it's it captures the, you know, the GPS data, obviously the time and the orientation of the clip. So you can, mm-hmm. you can reorient the photo later. But it takes like, it takes like almost a gig of pictures a day. <laughs> which is, it's crazy. Like it's crazy. It's this tiny little thing. And it takes, it takes like, you know, about a thousand photos every day. And then you, uh, you do have to plug it into your computer to sync them, which, which is fine with me because it's like, you have to charge it anyway. And it would be cooler if the stuff was like coming off it in real time. But I think Bluetooth would be annoying. Mm-hmm. And, and it would just drain the battery. Yeah. And there's so many pictures it would fill up your phone. Like what would you, the bandwidth right. would be ridiculous. So I don't mind that you have to plug it in to sync it because it, it charges while it syncs. It charges really fast. Um, and Get one of these and put it on the dog's collar. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. There's pictures of people doing that, like they putting it on the dog, putting it on. It's funny. I put Sometimes I put it on the back of my hat or the back of my belt, and mm-hmm. you can see what people behind you are doing, mm-hmm. which is super weird. That <laughs> is. Weird. It's funny though. So it's the f- the thing with the clip is because like you know, as the dear listener knows, uh, I have Google Glass and I've worn them around and I really haven't gotten any flack from anybody. Um, and but it has a camera on it and it's like you know, and a lot of people do have had problems, you know, feeling like surveilled right, they feel or something. Subconscious. 
yeah, or self-conscious. Right. And people are like, oh, does that thing have a camera on it? You know, I, it's never happened to me, but you hear plenty of stories like yeah. that. And it's funny because this thing is way more sneaky. And it's like, no, no one's going to, it looks just like it must, people are like, no one asks you about it. It's, right. I assume if anybody even notices it, they, they figure it's like a Fitbit or something. Yeah. And if you got the black one, they wouldn't even notice it at all. Well, that's why I wish I did get the black one because <laughs> like the orange, I got orange, which is like, doesn't match anything. So it's like, what's that? You know, it looks cooler, but it was, it was, but, but to be honest, nobody has asked me, but no one will. It's like, yeah. it doesn't look like anything. So, uh, it looks like a teeny little measuring tape. <laughs> mm. So, but the, so the, it's, I don't know. It's just a funny thing to have because like, as you, as I'm walking, I, maybe it's just cause I've had it for like a week so far. So I'm kind of self-conscious about it, mm-hmm. but you know, the etiquette is you, you're supposed to be kind of self-conscious about it. Like if you went in a public bathroom, I guess it would be, you know, you'd want to stick it in your pocket. Uh, or right. just like covered or something, if only to not get a picture of yourself going to the bathroom. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it, it's just, I don't know, it's funny though, but like you're, I'm walking around with it and it makes me self-conscious. Like who's in front of me? Oh, like, you know, I'm walking by the college and there's a bunch of girls in front of me. I probably should, you know, it's like, I'm not staring <laughs> at them, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it, it's weird because it makes me feel creepy even though I'm not doing any, like I'm not doing anything creepy, but now there's going to be a bunch, like a bunch of pictures of a bunch of girls on, you know what I mean? It's weird. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not sure if I like this. Like the cool thing about it is the reason why I wanted it is because mm-hmm. as assuming, you, let's just assume that you wear it all the time. You can go back to like any point and be like, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like the, the, uh, tracking application, the personal tracking application that I, that I really want. Like, remember, um, what was that? Uh, Google, Google latitude. I, the name sounds familiar, but I remember nothing about it. Yeah. It came out right around the time of Foursquare, but instead of checking you in, it just, instead of checking you in, it just tracked you. And, uh, kind of like, you know, it was disclosed at one point, Apple iPhones were doing. Uh, or Apple was doing with the iPhones that were just tracks where you are all the time, you know, ostensibly to give you the best signal, uh, Mm -hmm. cell tower signal, but they were triangulating your location constantly. Uh, And that was what latitude was supposed to do. But I was like, and I liked it because then you could go back and be like, Oh, where was I on given date? And you can go back and check. And, but, uh, the problem with it was that it was often wrong. uh, Mm. And that is, that is like, a complete deal breaker for something oh, like this. Oh, there goes your alibi. Right, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, so then, you know, and recently I've been getting back into Foursquare, but it's so frustrating when you forget to check in somewhere and you're like, oh, you know, like my data is bad and there's no way for me to go fix it. Ugh. I hate that. I hate bad yeah. data. So I was like, this is perfect because it has GPS. So every 30 seconds I'll be storing locally storing my gps information because that's the other thing it doesn't have to go to the cloud it's like locally stored and when you sync it you can just copy it to your hard drive and that's that mm-hmm. so i'm like oh that's pretty cool uh, because even if the gps data is wrong i can see by the picture where i was you know right so because it's funny when you go through the stream of pictures because you can see yourself like walking basically so you're like oh here i go here i get in the car here i get out of the car now i'm at home depot and then i go into the day and then i go there and you could track the GPS stuff and you, like, if you, 
map the GPS data, uh, if you if you plot the GPS data on a map, if anything was like totally wrong, you could just delete it because you got a ton of right. other data, or you could look at the picture and correct it and be like, oh, this is actually over here. Like it'll just update the EXIF information if you really cared. Uh, but it's kind of like a it's kind of like the photo itself to me was just kind of like a backup for what I really wanted, which was the G- accurate GPS data. Mm-hmm. Um, so fast forward to like a week later, now I have the thing, and it turns out they don't let you let you have access to your data. Oh, I know. I was like, are you kidding me? There's no so like so when you download the information to your local hard drive, there's this there are these like data files that come with them, which I assumed was some kind of like XML or JSON structured data yeah. that would have like all this stuff, the GPS, the orientation, all that stuff. But they're, they're binary encrypted files mm. that, um, that they obviously, they obviously did on purpose. Like it would have, it can't have been easier to create yeah. encrypted files. <laughs> they purposely encrypted them. Cause it's like the way it works is you install this application and upload or app on your, on your main machine or your biggest machine. Cause these pictures are like <laughs> yeah. each picture is like 500 to 800 K and you get like a thousand of them a day. So, you know, you import all that stuff and it, it takes it off the phone, uh, off the phone, off the clip really fast, but it takes, it can take a while to upload them. Like it can take as much as an hour to upload them. So they want you to be able to unplug the, the clip so they have this little database of encrypted information for each thing, which it's processing certainly while it's uploading, because I've checked the EXIF data on the photos and there's nothing there, like nothing, mm. not even this, mm. not even when it was taken. Mm. So really frustrating. So I yeah. you know, I was like, I emailed them and I'm like, what's the, how do I get access to my data? And they're like, oh, you just look at it in the iPhone app. And I'm like, no, the data, not the like the metadata, I don't want to like, cause the, first of all, they have, they have iOS and Android apps at least. Yeah. But it's like a viewer application. You can't do anything with it. Yeah. And it's not even that great. You want to map the GPS data. You want to. Yeah. You want to do stuff with it. Like yeah. I didn't, I didn't buy this to like, I didn't buy it to get nice pictures. The pictures are horrible. Yeah. The, but they're like, especially, well, the, 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 <laughs> it's funny. The low light pictures are absolutely horrible. Yeah. Um, but but if you if you're looking at them from informational or from a like a you know what's the the quantified self kind of thing or like if you're trying you know it's it's really interesting to flip through them not because the pictures are good because most of the pictures are horrible but because they give you like a like a a third person view of your life mm. and it's very eye opening like when you like when i see just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pictures in a row of me at the computer that are identical. <laughs> You're like, Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, with no interruption, just like a huge stream of me at the computer without moving. Yeah. It's fun. And, and you, you go to the bathroom and then you come back to the computer. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's very eye opening. Yeah. So, so I like it for that, but, um, some of the data like that you can't get the data. Yeah, it just blows. I can't believe it. And I'm like, I understand. Like, it, So like, once they upload the data to the, the narrative cloud, I believe it's called, then they could, I had just assumed there'd be an API to like access the data, which, which frankly, I don't even love that idea. Yeah, because the data is right there. You should be able to get it off the device. 
right. Like I had, and like, that's, it's, it's reasonably sensitive data, you know? I mean, it's yeah. all historical. It's not like in real time what my location is, but You can still. detect patterns and things like that. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I don't even really want them up there. And they give you the option to not up- upload them there, but then there's no way to view them other than the raw right. files on your hard drive, which are all, 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 in all a over format the place. You can't read. <laughs> you can look at the photos. Yeah. But you can't you can't like but the orientation is just all over the map like they're upside down and like left and right because you don't have the the corrective information that's in the database and you don't have the locations and you don't have the times you just know what day it was on so it's really really frustrating i i'm like extremely disappointed in that so hopefully they will change that in the future although they don't seem it's it's they don't the responses that they've had to other people who have had similar sort of questions are not, not, not encouraging. Yeah. No, like I, I can imagine that for them to set up an API would be a huge undertaking because of the security factor. Mm-hmm. But, but at least put the data in plain text on my local machine, you know, whatever. So that's a real bummer. So there's yeah. not, so like basically there's nothing like if you're a programmer, there's nothing you can do with this thing. Well, that sucks. Yeah. Because that had the potential to be, you know, you could do a lot of cool things with it if you could get access to the data. Yeah, big time. Yeah, it'd be so cool. Oh, well, cool. you know, give it give it to Cooper and, and see what he comes up with. <laughs> <laughs> so that's okay. That's funny you say that. Because I, uh, I um, you know, it's a clip. And mm-hmm. just like the, every everything that I, that is not my wallet or phone, mm-hmm. if it's not strapped on me, I'm going to lose it. Right. And like this clip, you're always moving it around. You put on a jacket, you got to move it. You put on your bag, you got to move it. You you go into the bathroom, you got to move it. You're always moving the thing. It's so, I mean, there's no way around it, but it's yeah. it's not great. You you know, you change your clothes, you got to move it. You put it you you put it in your pocket to turn it off, so it's in your pocket a lot. And then you put your shorts in the laundry, and then it's dead. And <laughs> so it's like, uh, so I, I I lost it on. The ninth, I don't even know what day that was. And then, yeah, so that was two days ago. So yesterday I didn't have it at all. And then today Cooper comes downstairs and he's like, daddy, you you left your thing in under bed because he has bunk beds and he calls the top over bed and the bottom under bed. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> you left your thing in under bed. And so now I have, I have like 900 pictures that are just black because <laughs> it was like in his dark room all day yeah um but so here so here's the other sort of funny slash creepy thing is that you can just leave it around yeah and like i could just leave it in a bathroom somewhere or leave it anywhere and it'll just run 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 until the battery and then just go retrieve it it's really it's like it opens up a lot <laughs> I, I can see why people are a little freaked out by all these the cameras everywhere. Yeah. You could totally, like, I, I left it, uh, well, it was in Cooper's room by accident all right. all day. Right. If he was a teenager, I, I would have just <laughs> smashed the thing with a hammer and got a new one. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's the nanny cam of all time. It, it is. It's it like is super it. tiny. No, it's self-powered. Uh, it's... You know, and you just like at night, just download and see, see what happened, you know, but, uh, yeah, that, I don't know. That's definitely going to get abused. It's yeah. It's just, it's like weird, 
but it would be it would be really cool there's there's lots of really cool applications for it. there's lots of cool things for a device like this but um the creepy factor is pretty high it's much higher than google glass yeah much higher so google glass is so obvious right Right. And I always, I always found, I knew, like I ordered this thing a long time ago. And when, when everybody started freaking out about Google Glass, I was like, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. So, all right. So that's the narrative clip. So I, I really might take my, my, my uh, summary from the narrative clip is that it's, it's useless to a developer. <laughs> it's like, okay, as a, as an end user, it might be fine, but until they, make the data available and i'm like god i can't believe that so to segue over to the haiku the haiku is a similar tiny little device that does exactly one thing but it does it amazingly and the software that comes with it is amazing mm. and it makes it way way more awesome so let's see so have you seen this thing uh i seen saw pictures? i saw the like I clicked the link that Erica had posted on Facebook and briefly, I think I might've watched the video. Yeah. I mean, I can't, it's like, it's a, like a little, it's the size of like a, a small hand soap. Mm -hmm. uh, it feels really good in your hand. It's really well put together. It's like a round, a very round white plastic puck shape um, that has a, the whole front of it is this big silver button. The back of it is a rubberized magnet and it has a flat portion on one edge that you stand it up on, and, and that has like a barcode scanner in it. Mm. And so it's this tiny little it's thing. Like I can take the rubberized magnet and could I stick it to my fridge? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can put it anywhere. We, lay, we leave it on the, the uh, windowsill right above the recycling bin. Because what you do with the thing is when you run out of something, or at least what we do, is when we run out of something, we go to throw the th the package in the recycling, we just pick up the haiku, scan the barcode, throw the thing away, the the garbage, not the haiku. Yeah. And uh, and like within like less than a second, all of our phones are updated with that item on our shopping list. So it's like, and and if you, it's just great. It it completely works. Does this little beep noise to tell you if it worked or it didn't? So you can do it again if you have to. It gives a little a slightly different beep if the barcode's not recognized. And then what mm -hmm. you do is hold down the silver button and just talk. And, and then, tell it what it is. Yeah, you just say like, uh, like the other day we have these, these we call them dog bones, but they're really like, um, what the heck are they called? They're like uh, rawhide? Yeah. Rolled up rawhides. And they have like a, a short barcode on them, so it didn't recognize it. But then I just like held on the thing. I said, dog bones does voice recognition. So it types in dog bones into the app and it associates the barcode with dog bones. So in the future, when I scan that barcode, it'll know to put dog bones on the list. Hmm. And it it's like... Now I'm, now I'm thinking about getting a barcode font and making barcodes for all my things and scanning them. <laughs> It's great. It is so cool. So, so, and it's the setup was insanely easy. It was like you, you install this app on your phone, you type in um, your, you select the Wi Fi network, and you type in the password for the Wi Fi network, not to connect the phone to the Wi Fi, but so that it can do that flashy screen thing. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it encodes the, 
the access point name and the password for the access point into this flashiness that you put the barcode scanner up against and it then logs the haiku into your Wi-Fi. So there's no Bluetooth shenanigans. It's actually the little handsets connected to the internet. So when you scan stuff, it goes up to the server and then it pushes it down to any of the phones that you have associated with your account. It's freaking great. It is like, it's hard to describe how great it is, but I can just tell you that I cannot think of a thing that we brought <laughs> into this house that got more immediate and total adoption. Interesting. Yeah. It makes me want to run out of things. <laughs> just so you can scan them? Yeah. I was running around like scanning stuff just to, and then deleting it off the shopping list. It's yeah. so awesome. Like even See, Erica's we, dad, who is like one of, he doesn't even have a regular cell phone, not a flip mm -hmm. phone. He, he's like one of those dudes. Yeah. Doesn't believe in it. Like he, it's not, he doesn't want it. I don't believe in that stuff. Mm. Like when he saw that, he was like, oh, I might have to get an iPhone. <laughs> it is, it is, it's, it probably sounds stupid, but it is very, very cool. That is cool. I'm trying to think, I don't know that that would be overly useful in our house. Because mm. we tend to have different things, very different, very different things in the cabinet on like a weekly basis. Other oh, really? than like bread and milk and peanut butter and ketchup and mustard and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. The actual foods we cook tends to be di very different every week. Oh, not us. We have like a lot of, lot of pattern. Well, we just got the little kids too. So it's like, yeah, you know, like Cooper's favorite yogurt, Maggie's diapers. Um, it's just like endless yeah, array. True. And I can already see what I can already see us doing that. Like, like diapers, for example, like they come in this huge pack and the barcodes on the outside of the pack and you throw it away. But I can see us already. We're going to start cutting out the barcodes and hanging them inside of the recycle bin <laughs> cabinet. So we just scan the diapers or scan any of the big package stuff like paper towel or whatever. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. And we, um, <clears throat> we did, we had this thing a while back where we got, we got tired of eating the same, like, six meals all the time because we can never think of what to cook right so so we got a bunch of index cards and we made like this deck of, of different various different meals we like and yeah. by the time we were done there was like 60 of them wow and so now we just like every two months we shuffle the deck and we just deal off seven off the top each week <laughs> and that's dinner wow and then you like shop you do that on like a sunday and then shop yeah whatever. yeah yeah we started we started doing um, a similar thing. I love the card angle. That's hilarious. That's, that's got product written all over it, <laughs> but, uh, d like deal a dinner. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to turn it into a game. <laughs> right. That's hilarious. It would be funny if people like had their favorites and they were like, then you played a game to see who got to pick dinner for like Monday night or whatever. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, Oh, what was I going to say? The, we started doing, we had that same thing. It was like every day at 5.15, my phone would beep and it would be like, like, okay, what time are you coming home? What do you want for dinner? And it would be like pressure. Like, oh God, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I just ate lunch. I feel like I just ate lunch. Yeah, it's like, I'm not even hungry. I don't know. What do you want? I don't know. What do you want? I don't know. What do we have? I don't know. It depends on what you want. I can go out. It's like, oh, yeah. just, just order pizza. Yeah. So it's funny. It like really starts to get on your nerves after a while. It does. Um, so we, we started on like Saturday night, Friday or Saturday night, Erica will put up like, uh, we'll like talk about it. It's easier to do in advance somehow mm -hmm. than on the spot, at least for me. 
And so we would come up with like, we'd look at the weather and be like, okay, it's going to be kind of cold and rainy on Wednesday. So let's have like chicken pot pie. And then Friday's supposed to be hot. So let's do Mexican. You know, we think of it like based on yeah. the weather. And then Sunday we just go do the shopping and get all that stuff. It's so, we haven't done it the last couple of weeks and really uh, we got to get back to that because it's, but anyway. Yeah. Totally off track. <laughs> I, I will tell you there are like dozens and dozens and dozens of things have already gone through the haiku so that we have plenty of stuff with barcodes that's like a repeat. I, I suspect that we do too, more than I'm, more than I'm thinking. Yeah. So. There's a, there's, a, we have a lot. Yeah. And then, so it doesn't take a genius to see what they're going to do next, which is like have this stuff shipped to you. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. So you just, it's almost and like. And then Amazon buys them. Yeah. Well, Amazon has their own, but it's not available in our area. It's called the Dash. Oh. And it's like a wand. Same thing. You can talk to it. Uh, but so, but, but like check out what's happening. Like the cash register from the supermarket is now in my kitchen. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking that earlier when you were saying it beeps when you scan something. I'm like, oh, just like the one at the supermarket. Yeah, self checkout is in my house now. As soon as they, as soon as there's a purchase button, boom. Yep. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> then I never have to leave the house again. <laughs> I can just stay in my walk-in closet. Think how boring your pictures will be. <laughs> oh God. Um, all right. So that's enough of that. I just want to quickly talk about, uh, the pebble, which isn't really a gadget thing. I, well, I guess it is kind of more of a Hopefully next thing. week I can talk about the NFC ring. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I'm starting to want that now yeah. for my, uh, for my Android phone to like have it unlocked when it's near the ring. That's the sole purpose for which I bought it. Yeah. Maybe I'll come up with other cool things to do. But yeah. I bought it for the unlock my Android phone. Yep. I'm going to, maybe I'll switch over. I'll switch over the the bluetooth connection now that i've got the new pebble you can on android you can have trusted devices that mm -hmm. you know over bluetooth even though it's not nfc over bluetooth you can say if you're connected to this particular pebble then don't use the lock screen and, yeah uh, i noticed that when i went to sync your google glass with my phone it said do you want this as a trusted device mm -hmm. like, what's that <laughs> yeah it's cool like i have that it now I, I have it now on my Android phone, if, it, if I'm on my home network, it doesn't give me yeah. a lock screen, but then I still have to unlock it everywhere else. So, um, anyway, so the, the, um, the Pebble SDK is like insanely good. Mm. They have, it's, it's funny, like got my brain's going all over the place. Cause WWDC was last week and Apple announced a new programming language called Swift yeah. meant to yeah. kind of make up for all of the finally publicly acknowledged that objective C is. It's like an apology for an objective C. For objective -C. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure people listening will be like, no, 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 it's totally different. There's no, you know, and, and I'm sure it is, but the, um, the, the fact that 6,000 objective C developers were applauding that they have to learn a new language kind of tells you something. Yeah. And I know they yeah, don't have I wonder, to. I know it's I wonder optional. If that's but. also an indicator that Apple's not happy with the amount of usage that the App Store is getting. If they're, if it's just the, it's if I remember correctly, they said the they said the number of developers. I think they said there's six million developers now. And I I have to imagine that 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 number has plateaued. Yeah. And that they want to actually get more yeah. web that's developers. Six, that's six hundred million dollars a year. 
in app store fees just to be able to develop. That's insane. I think that number's BS. I, I think that number is people who have ever downloaded Xcode or people who have ever signed up. Ah. Because there's only, that would mean that, that for every, every six developers, only one submitted an app to the app store. Yeah. That, that's it doesn't make sense. Like to me, yeah. you're not, you don't count as a developer unless you have at least submitted one application to the app store, which is <laughs> certainly not the case. It reminds me of what I was ranting about yesterday. Yeah. I mean, but if Apple's going to count you as a developer. Yeah. Come on. You know, it's like you downloaded the tools. That doesn't make, you know, anyway. And maybe the number is people who have signed up and it is $600 million just in, in developer, um, whatchamacallit, membership Mem- fees. Membership fees, which would be insane. Yeah. No, yeah, <laughs> like yesterday I had, <clears throat> I got an email invite for this beta program for this um, smartwatch type device that shall remain unnamed. Mm. And you kinda had to like fill out a fuel band. Huh? It looked no. kind of like a fuel band. No, kind of like it looked kind of like the fuel band. It wasn't the fuel band. It looked, mm-hmm. looked kind of like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it had had some notification management stuff and that and, and all that. And you know they wanted you to fill out some application an application before you could participate in the developer program, which mm-hmm. is fine. They have a limited amount. They want to make sure that they're giving it to people who actually develop stuff with it. Mm-hmm. And in order to qualify, like you had to have an app published in either the iOS store or the Play Store. <laughs> like building web apps apparently does not make you a real developer. Oh no, no, those so. are script kiddies. <laughs> so well, and that, what does that tell you? It tells you that they're not going to have any kind of like yeah, yeah. So well, you know, forget about that. Yeah. But anyway, yes, Pebble. Oh, right. Well, so the point, right. The point being that I got into um, a really lively sort of debate with um, a dude on Twitter who I often get into a lively debate with um, about, you know, I retweeted an HTML guy's tweet that was like, um, the tweet was kind of like, yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and ignore Swift the same way I ignored Objective-C because the web's where it's at. You retweeted my retweet of that. Oh, did I? Okay, great. Yeah. So it was just a retweet festival that day. And then uh, Petrus, who's this uh, uh, developer dude, who's he's actually very web-friendly, but he's incredibly... Um, well, I mean, one of his tweets was like, was like if, if, if I'm working on an app that isn't running flawlessly at 60 frames per second, then, it, you know, if it's not running perfectly at 60 frames per second, then it's not ready for prime time, which made me laugh out loud. I was like, give me a break. Yeah. You know, like I just, (laughs) right. But I get, I get though, there's tons of people like that. And, and, and I also am the first one to admit that there are certain situations where if your app isn't like that, it's never going to catch on Yeah, because it's like a weather app that there's already a billion of. So if it's not like this flawlessly, is if it's not almost like entertaining in its perfection, like that the magical BS that uh, Jobs would always talk about, mm-hmm. like magic and delight, and it's like, look, I just want access to my data, please. Yeah, because I'm just that kind of guy. I'm like a utilitarian Google data-driven developer, and the other side of the fence is like my friend Dave Canada is another one. He's like, I'd rather walk than not drive a, than drive a car other than a BMW. And he's not kidding. Like he actually is that way. 
you know, he likes things to be perfect. And if they're not perfect, he'd rather they didn't exist. <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, it's a sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. But uh, anyway, but I, we just, at the end, we're just like, we agree to disagree. But um, the, the, so the interesting thing was we're having this, having this thing where I'm like, I, I'm just not into developing for a single platform. Like it just bores me. Like I, I mm-hmm. am not excited about developing for iPhone only. I'm sorry. Like, I'm glad that people do it. It just doesn't interest me. It's like yeah. Xbox. I'm glad people make Xbox games. I just don't want to do one. I don't, I'm not interested. Right. But weirdly, at the literally at the same time, I'm having some of this exchange with him. I'm developing a Pebble app, <laughs> which is even less market, like, like astronomically less, if, if that's it's a say. smaller market, but it's cross platform. Sort of, it's, in that the pebble will work with multiple. It, yes, that's true. I suppose it, it it does work with iOS and Android, so that's one thing. But the the but why should I care about designing for this? Like, there's something about see de- designing for an iPhone specifically doesn't interest me, but for some reason, designing specifically for this Pebble Watch does interest me. It's weird, and I th- and I. Th- think it's because the a couple things one is that it's so constrained that uh there's only so much you can do so first of all it's kind of easy mm-hmm. you know so it's like a very low learning curve that's one thing well at the same time you have some interesting challenges because of the limitations right and it so f- just for my consulting work it really opens up your mind it's kind of like it's kind of like building a command line interface it really opens up your mind and kicks you out of the just the web mentality of cookies and sessions and and gets you into this different programming. It, it's fun because it's different, mm-hmm. I think. So that's part of it. And the other thing is that it's uh, you're you're writing like a big portion of the application you write in JavaScript, which lives on the phone side, which is really nice. And then the portion that actually draws the views on the on the watch, uh, you write in garden variety vanilla C, mm. which is another one of the most portable languages on the planet. Yeah. And and also is very familiar if you're used to stuff like PHP or, you know, other other descendants of that syntax. Um, which I am. So it's like so it's a familiar familiar look and feel to the syntax. It's basically strongly typed PHP in my mind. And and I'm like and I, like the idea of learning C doesn't bother me. The idea of learning Swift does bother me. Like C C is going to be useful everywhere. Right. So it's just this uh, constantly, I constantly fear painting myself into a corner. I don't know why. I guess I just like to be able to, I don't know. I just like to be able to move around. Yeah. I mean, you may be developing just for the pebble, but you're developing for the pebble using languages that are useful everywhere. Hmm. Right. But so now here's the funny thing. Like the, the, it was a real mind switch. It was like a mindset change to, um, to do a user interface for the pebble because it's not it's the opposite of responsive yeah so like you you create like a you know rectangle and you say the origin is you know the top left corner is here the width is this the height is that and end of story and at at five pixels left and 10 pixels down draw this and yeah Right. So for control, so it's funny because like it's, it's great for control freaks because you get your piece of paper mm-hmm. back, you know, you get your eight and a half by 11, you get your canvas, 
Yeah, sometimes that's fun. It's really easy. Like like it's easy because you you can actually do it. Like the illusion of control is not an illusion because it really yeah. only runs on screens that are this big. <laughs> as soon as it as soon as they release a bigger screen or somebody else supports like compiled Pebble applications, then it's all out the window. Yeah. Cause it's like, so, but there's this temporary time right now where I'm positioning text on a pixel by pixel basis on this particular screen. And I don't know, I, sh I shouldn't like it, but for some reason programming, like the whole thing is a really fun exercise and the, the, the resulting application is amazing. Yeah. Like, well, it, it's, the experience is amazing. Like having glanceable information that you personally customized and are pulling live from the internet on your wrist is like, <laughs> it's so totally going to catch on. Yeah, that's cool. Totally going to catch on. And then the, the third thing about it that I think I like is that you, there's no, there's no fussiness. There's no colors. There's no nothing. You can't, you can't get into that. Like there's no way to get yeah. into that. Like, that like stuff that polishing it's just the data yeah it's just like text on a screen yeah done it kind of has it, both both the the developing in c and the pixel perfect layouts and the the no no colors or layout fuss or anything like that it kind of has the i don't know it kind of feels like it has like an old time nostalgic sort of feel to it that i think would be just like fun from the the hacker it do, yeah you're right it totally does it totally feels like that. It feels like I'm designing for a terminal screen. Yeah. Super nostalgic. And it's funny because I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I, I'm not going to be this excited about Android Wear. Because I, yeah. I don't even think, I have to go back and check. I don't even think you can actually make apps for Wear. I think all of the all the Wear stuff I've seen so far is how to customize your notifications for your Android app to show up on the Wear screen. Mm-hmm and make the notifications interactive. I don't recall ever seeing any dedicated applications like this as like this, you're writing a dedicated C application that can communicate over Bluetooth with the phone. And it's, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I'm going to, I'm getting an Android wear watch of course, but I don't think I'm going to be as jazzed about it. Yeah. Cause then like, it'll take me, you know, it took me maybe three hours of, concentration two or three hours of concentration to get it working and then like an hour of tweaks here and there to get it to where it's really really useful and and working so maybe five hours to six hours total mm -hmm. like it'll be like when you when you have like colors and like imagery and all these other all this other stuff, all these other options, you could, I could easily imagine 20 more hours of like screwing around with the icons. Yeah. Which I just like, God, it's so, <laughs> it's so boring, but you, but if you don't do it, then it's like your, your app looks like it's subpar quality wise. And it's like, Oh, it probably doesn't work very well because it doesn't look that good. So on Pebble, everything doesn't look that good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you just, you actually have to like <laughs> see given. how it works. Right. I don't know. I, I could potentially change my tune later, but um, the other thing that, that might be interesting to the dear listener is that if, if you do have a, a Pebble watch, there is a, a cloud based, I think it's called cloudpebble.io or something cloud Pebble, just Google for it. 
and they have a 100% cloud-based IDE. But I literally, it is this simple. You you launch the IDE, you log in, and uh, well, you have to turn on developer mode on your application on your phone. And when you do that, the phone application, the Pebble application on your iPhone gives you an IP address. And you go into the, the cloud IDE and you're like, you can you go new project and you can pick like one of two templates or you can point it at your GitHub at a GitHub repo. Nice. And you just press play and it compiles the application. It uh, it builds it. It saves it, it builds it, it installs it on your watch, and it runs it on your watch. That's cool. It's my jaw dropped open. I was like, I'm sitting on my computer on a in a browser. I hit this play button. All of a sudden, my wrist vibrates, and I look down, and the code that I just compiled in the browser has wirelessly from GitHub from GitHub has wirelessly installed itself on my watch. I was like, no, it was, it's so, it could not be more seamless. It's amazing. That's cool. Live logging and everything. Like I'm, I'm in the, in the browser and seeing like live console log messages show up in the browser from stuff I'm doing on the watch. Like I'm pressing on your, buttons. On your wrist. It's nuts. That's, that's fun. So it feels, so even though like, like the, if you really, you actually, you can, there, there's a couple of ways you can write just pure JavaScript, but the performance isn't as good in my experience so far. Mm-hmm. Without, if you don't, if you don't do your views with actual C code on the watch, it, it's a little slow. But uh, uh, I shouldn't say slow, but unresponsive. Sometimes you hit the buttons and they don't actually respond. But uh, it feels very webby because the workflow is very webby, and you yeah. can develop from any machine. It, it's just, it's super impressive. So, and you know, but you have to have a watch, of course. There's no simulator or anything like that. Yeah, so Gadget Week. <laughs> <laughs> so to summarize, Narrative Clip thumbs down, Haiku big thumbs up, and Pebble huge thumbs up. And hopefully next week the NFC ring will be getting a huge thumbs up as well. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hear the dear family approaching. Yeah, mine left. <laughs> Yeah, mine were mine were out at Kids World, Ooh. but I can hear them coming back, so it's about to get crazy. Well, that's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. I'm Kelly Shaver. We hope you join us again next week for the Niche Podcast. Bye.